Start your day the right way by taking charge of your physical and mental fitness. It's important to know your numbers. They determine if your blood pressure is high or low, your cholesterol balance, even your blood sugar level, heart rate, and much more. Get tested by visiting your doctor, clinic, or stop by at any health center closest to you. Take control today. This message is from Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. This is Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. Good morning. Today we'll be talking about the drug abuse epidemic in Nigeria. I'm sure many people will be shocked to hear the word epidemic used in this regard. Dr. Dokun, it's a pleasure to have you with us once more on the program. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much for inviting me. Always a pleasure, you know that. Yes, and we also are fortunate to have Mr. Baba Femi from NDLEA with us on the program as well. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure being here, though it's my first time, I, I think. Yes. <laughs> so, Dr. Dokun, can you talk to us? What is drug abuse in general? Just tell us, what is drug abuse and why are we calling it an epidemic at this time? Hmm. Uh, I like the fact that you say drug abuse, but we're beginning to move out of that scope of drug abuse. We are saying substance abuse. Uh, we say abuse in the sense that these are substances, they're chemical substances that are used that are not for beneficial purposes and not directly prescribed. Or people derive some benefit, supposedly so, from it. And so when it then becomes a vogue in which the person becomes dependent on it, because an abuse and then is now in the state of what you have said in our country that we're in a process of an epidemic and there's no other way of defining it if you look at what the statistics is telling us so and the sad thing is the last report was in 2018 and a new one if it should come out in the next one year would, would be shocking because the rate the space of increase is frightening and the other thing that is frightening about it is the age of use is coming down. You see people as young as nine using substances. So can you tell us, because I know that, um, you know, the World Drug Abuse Day took place on the 26th and we're talking about it now. And we want to know, what are these substances? Who is using them? How did, how, how did it get to this? Right. Uh, if you say who is using them, well, let me speak to what the statistics say when they did the survey. They did the survey of Nigerians between ages 16 and 64. But if you then look at what the substances that have abused, let me start from the way I would simply define it. Uh, if you say um, substances that are acceptable in the society, socially acceptable substances like alcohol and cigarette, so that's the way you would look at it. And then every category of alcohol falls into this. And then when you then move, you move to illicit substance use. That is the ones that are illegal that should not even be found on you. Then you go to prescription drugs, which is also that should be frightening to the society. These are drugs that are prescribed rightfully in hospital for certain conditions, but people have found a way to use them for other benefits to themselves. But the unfortunate thing is the dosage at which you see their appearances on the market it is not the hospital prescribed dosage. Let me use the example of uh, Tramadol. Tramadol is 50 milligrams, and they tell you use it maybe twice a day for about three days. 
The tramadol people buy on the street starts from 225 milligrams mm. to 250 to 500 to 1,000 milligrams. Mm. And then we then come into another category that I call miscellaneous. Why do I call it miscellaneous? Because you can't classify them as drugs per se. Methylated spirit, petrol, inhalants, aerosols, and then, you know, when you rub out evostic glue. So how do you begin on pit latrine, fumes from pit latrine? How do you classify that? That's not a drug. And then you also look at something that are naturally occurring substances like zakamis seed. That, that one is being analyzed by NDLA now to know the psychoactive components. And the other one that is very common in the Southwest is what is called Gegemu. And so when you look at the gamut of all those, and this is just speaking in terms of what we know, but there are so many concoctions going on that people are producing themselves, concocting. You know, today in Nigeria, people are manufacturing methamphetamine, which is called crystal meth, which is also called ice on the street, which is called Mpirimiri in the, in the East. There are laboratories in this country today that are manufacturing it. At least the NDLA has discovered about 30 of them. And then so mm. you can begin to understand the pervasive nature of all these substances and the availability and it. And unfortunately, they're becoming affordable. Now, what we'd like to know is why, okay? Because you say people are deriving benefits. What kind of benefits? Particularly for those who don't take these substances. It's like a mystery. What is it that people are looking for? you know, in by taking these substances. What are they finding there, as they say? Uh, you know, some I like the fact that you're talking about it in this way, and that is why we're beginning to let people understand that the people who use drugs are like human beings like us, who for one reason or the other, position of disillusionment, frustration, sometimes ignorance, sometimes bullying, sometimes emanating basically from family disruption, when I say disruption, I don't mean that they are separated. Sometimes families are together, but they are not truly emotionally present in the lives of their children. And so when those things happen, people don't find someone to talk to. Then they find somebody else to talk to who accommodates them, no matter their feelings. And then so when you say, what are they looking for? People are looking for fun. People are looking for happiness. And then sometimes they say they derive some fun, some happiness, some away from my problem. And those are the kind of things, and you know, people find things that they are looking for because they are there. So you're talking about some sort of escape. It's like yes, an escape. Absolutely. They can they can escape into a different world with some of these substances yes. that takes them away from their problem for a while. Absolutely. I mean, like, like a child who says to me, "My mother shouts too much. You never do anything right." She's always so. In order to get away from it, probably starts an alcohol that that sort of make him somehow uh, he can't listen, he can't hear, he, he, can't, he can't feel anything in that process. Until then, friends, alcohol does not last for too long. The abuse lasts longer than the alcohol. Looks for something higher. And they keep progressing until they fall into this misadventure. That's why the theme for this year is talking about the people, why we need to consider people, why we need to stop the stigma, stop the discrimination, so people can look for help. People can talk about it and say, I have an issue, I need help. If we continue to stigmatize and discriminate, we will be driving the problem under the ground and festering, which is what we are having today. And so that's why what you're doing today is so important. We almost wake up and see the collective responsibility to tackle. And No, I, I, I strongly agree with this. And that's why we want to talk about it and really understand what the motivation is behind it, 
why people are doing it, what are they benefiting from it, and then so we can turn around and say, okay, what can we do to help? Mm. Mm. You know, if you look at, you know, today, some young people are using Tramadol for sexual enhancement. So, you know, it's the kind of things that happen in the society when people begin to talk. Oh, I can last for one hour. I can last for this. If you do three minutes, you are a weakling. You know, the sense of competitive uh, experimentation. And so people then say, well, if you take Tramadol, you can last for a whole day. Or if you do this, you can do this. And then some people begin to look for things to prove. In order to prove, you know, the important thing is also the undergarding element that I have found is a poor sense of self-esteem. Because what should you be looking for if somebody can do one hour, that is his problem. I don't need one hour to gratiate myself. So if people begin to have a sense of self, you begin to get satisfied with your ability, and then you don't look for something to help you enhance what does not exist. Because in the process of enhancing, you are going to get into more problems, either with your health, people can then have attacks, and then die. And then, So what is the benefit? So that is why the basis of what NDLA is doing now about increasing awareness is so important what you are doing. So when people begin to see the futility of such escape or such uh, enhancement, people, the demand for, for the drugs will begin to decline. If we don't do it, we're going to run into trouble in five years' time. There's no doubt about it. No doubt at all in my mind. Well, Mr. Baba, I mean, how if you can just step in here? And tell us a bit about what Dr. Dokun has been alluding to in terms of what you are doing or um, in terms of creating awareness. Can you tell us what is the NDLA doing about this crisis? Yeah, let me take off from where Dr. Um, Dokun um, stopped. And that is um, the way things are going. If we all don't um, come together in a whole society um approach to address this problem, then we may ultimately either directly or indirectly be victims of this in the nearest future. And so to mobilize everyone to get on board, to um, make use or take advantage of their spheres of influence to be a part of this campaign, the agency began um, an advocacy drive precisely 2021, that is June 26, 2021, to launch what we call War Against Drug Abuse, that is WADA Advocacy Initiative, and that's, um, it's, uh, to, I mean, that the whole essence of that is to mobilize everyone, every um, strata of the society at the individual level, at the family level, school level, religious, uh, faith-based organizations, communities, traditional institutions, everybody so that we can all buy in and take ownership of this. At that point, it's no longer about one agency of government. It's no longer about the government itself. It's about us collectively, so that um, we can all do something wherever we find ourselves, whether uh, at the family level, as parents. I mean, we need to wake up and get intentional about parenting. We need to pay attention to what is happening to our kids at home and um, what they do outside and all of this, the friendship. The, the group, the moving, and all those kind of things. Then at the, at the level of faith-based organizations in churches, in uh, mosques, we also try to mobilize um, the leaders there to also make sure that because we are a religious people, we listen to our religious leaders a lot. And so we expect also um, the religious leaders to also take advantage of the platform they have 
to address, to talk about the issue of substance abuse so that uh, these people can always have this in their minds. And when they get to that point where they want to succumb to the pressure of um, abusing substance, they will always remember what their religious um, leaders have told them about this. So that may deter them or stop them from going into that. And going to the community, going to um, uh, the, the traditional institution, mobilizing everybody as a whole. That's um, to raise the level of awareness, and that has been going on. Um, not only what the agency is driving or doing alone, we're working with quite a lot of stakeholders in this regard, talking of uh, civil society organizations, non-governmental organizations. They can all play their own roles in the whole effort. That's um, as far as um, that is concerned. And for those who are already into this um, trap, that is those that are already abusing these illicit substances, we also recognize the fact that they need um, help. And so uh, the agency is broadening its, um, the, 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 the broadening the, its services, apart from the drug supply reduction, apart from the law enforcement, getting people arrested and they're prosecuting them. We're also opening up our commands, our offices, where we have um, counseling and rehabilitation facilities so that people can be confident enough. We want them to know that... Um, want to build that confidence in them that when you are into this problem, when you have this issue, you shouldn't be scared of being arrested by the agency. Submit yourself freely and we would um, protect you, would care for you and ensure that you get the needed help. And for those that may still have that fear of being arrested or even of being judged or being stigmatized by the society, we've also gone ahead to also provide a platform that is called a drug abuse health center where we have um, mental health experts, psychologists, counselors, psychotherapists, um, as well as uh, psychiatry doctors who work there 24-7 and, and um, they provide service for people in form of teletherapy as well as also um, guiding people for those that need to check in into rehab centers, also guiding them and following up with them to ensure that they move in to check into the nearest rehab center close to them so that um, they can get the needed help. That's fantastic. And, uh, the, but can I ask for the yeah. number? Because, you know, people are listening now, and I must tell you, a lot of people are not aware of what you are doing. They are oh, amazing work yeah. you're doing. Can you give the number out right Absolutely. now of people who are listening? Because okay, there are the so number, many people the, who are looking for this kind of help. Please. The number is 0800 10 20 30 40. 0800 10 20 3040. That is 0800-1020-30040. And um, one good thing about this number also, apart from the fact that it's toll free, they are not paying for the call, it's also language friendly. Um, for those who can speak English, our experts are there to address them, to take their complaints, their issues in English. For those who um, they can only speak Pidgin, they can also speak to them in Pidgin. And beyond that, we also have the three uh, major Nigerian languages, which is Hausa, Igbo, Yoruba, also um, available for conversation in this center. And I also like to say that indeed, um, this um, center was um, opened last year, and ever since then, every week we produce um, this number. We do three to five minute video every week that we share on all our platforms and across uh, social media. 
even including uh, TV stations, these have been advertised um, over and over. Every week we do all of this just to make sure that people, um, and every opportunity we have like this, we also make sure that we make this available for people to mm-hmm. seize the opportunity and seek help through this platform. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're listening to Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela. Dr. Doko, that has been a powerful first half. Mm. But, you know, people are listening to this program and thinking, you know what? This problem, mm. it, can't, it can't be affecting me, you know? Mm. I, I, I wonder who it's affecting. Can you tell us who is exposed? How do we know? How can we, some of us, look into our own homes and mm. say our, our children, our wards, our, even our grandchildren? Mm. How can we tell? That if this problem is actually in our own houses. I can tell you without any doubt in my mind that virtually every one of us is exposed. I am being serious about it. If you, There's no university in this country today that does not have a drug problem. There is not one. I don't care the leaning, whether Christian or Muslim or whatever. If you take 10 students at random, male, female, at least 7 will test positive. To drop. Seven out of I ten. Can, I'm telling you that. I know the unfortunate thing is the schools are now depending too much on doing tests without being observant and being without offering help. So what the students have done is to find substances that this test cannot catch. I know a particular university that the students are using drugs, a particular one that is testing negative in their school. So the school thinks there's no problem. That is it. And let me say something. People cannot just wake up and become close to their children without establishing a relationship from way back. You can't wake up in the teenage year and say, oh, my son, my No, you've lost your son years ago because you were not there emotionally. Those are the issues we need to begin to look at. We externalize this. We think it's only with the motor path. It's not true. Doctors use drugs. Nurses use drugs. Pilots use drugs. No profession in this country is immune to substance use. So what we need to begin to look at is the society. And when we do that, why are we testing? Is it to punish? We can afford to be punitive. These people are children. They are sons and daughters and husbands and wives. We need to show empathy and compassion. Many of them, people can use drugs without knowing. You go to a party, you eat jollof rice. You don't know what is, the, what is in it. You take cookies, you take brownies, you don't know what's in it. You take drinks, even water, they can be injected. And then you say, oh, I, I can be, you can't be. I mean, so the thing is, what about your driver? What about your cook? What about domestic servant? Do you know what they do? And then we say, oh, no, 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 no. It's so important that we wake up. And this is the reality point we must get to. A reflective point and say, hey, it can be me. Because why you say it's somebody else's child? Is that somebody else's child or somebody else's friend? Or somebody else's boyfriend? So if you don't take cognizance of those relationships and you keep cocooned in, we're running into trouble. I think we need to wake up. Offices are beginning to get inflicted with this, because people leave school, they didn't get caught, they come and work in your office. NYC did test some time ago, about 40% of the people were positive. 
Where would they be put? Would they not be transferred to schools and office spaces? So there must be a workplace policy on substance use so that we can begin to help ourselves because eventually we don't, we touch each and any of us in particular and direct ways. So this is the time. And uh, programs like this will help us to have an insight and then we begin to do this. It's We're, we're in an epidemic. There's no doubt about it. This is the time to begin to do the restorative work. Mr. Bawafemi, hearing this now, yes, um, you know, do you have any specific programs within universities and other places? What is the kind of response that you are getting when you're reaching out to people? Are you getting a positive response as in people turning away? Or are you having people running away from you still and carrying on with their own, what I call, you know, disruptive behavior? No, I absolutely, I would say that indeed, um, one, we are glad at the level of awareness that is being created across the country. I mean, just uh, on Friday, um, actually, uh, since we started preparations for today, that's this World Drug Day, um, we've been having quiz competitions, essay competitions in schools just to um, raise their level of awareness as well, and also to test their level of uh, knowledge about, about substance abuse. And then um, I'll tell you the finals that we had on Friday um, in partnership with MTN Foundation and UNODC was awesome. I mean, seeing the level of awareness and knowledge about, I mean, of um, these students about um, substance abuse and the effects of substance abuse on their lives um, and the society at large. Um, really but create some level of uh, yeah, but there's one thing about understanding it it's another thing to do something to stop uh, uh, how are we stopping now absolutely one of the first engagements um, we've been able to do um, was to take the campaign to the schools to the to across um, layers of school level talking of primary secondary and tertiary institutions and in fact we started um, we invest in uh, that drug-free um, campus campaign, the University of Abuja here, where we also um, sought partnership with the um, Committee of Vice Chancellors to be able to, one, um, if we can have that level of collaboration where the agency will have um, its boots on those campuses, that is on the one hand. And on the other hand, again, we also um, set up what we call WADA clubs, War Against Drug Abuse clubs on these campuses where, I mean, managed and handled by the students and the authorities of such institutions themselves so that they can continually engage uh, with um, with um, other members of the community, university community, that's, and uh, this way. Yeah, that's, that's so important. But if I may just jump in there because we have no time left. We actually have less than a minute. Dr. Dokun, yeah. is this enough? What more needs to be done? For me, I think we should now zero in on families, parents. Parents need to be parents again. We cannot abdicate our responsibilities to the housemaid and drivers and all the rest of it. We must be involved in the lives of our kids. Fathers must begin to attend parents' decision meeting. And we must allow our children to make decisions that regard themselves in conjunction with the parents. We can't be making decisions on their behalf without their consent most unfair okay so what then do we want to leave people who are listening with now absolutely there is hope good 
There is hope. We should not turn our eyes away from you. Don't turn away diabetic from medication or hypertensive. Addiction is also a public health issue, which must be seen in that aspect. So you can't throw as long as you still manage an, a diabetic, a hypertensive, manage a drug addicted person. And then the person, when we show enough love and compassion, which is not medications in itself, we can get better results. Thank you. Thank you very much. Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela.